I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Up to 90. Sure. Look, here we are again. So what else would we be doing, Emma? Another week over. Can you believe it? We have been doing this um, podcast two and a half years. Is that right? Two and a half years, baby. It's been, I mean, to be honest, like that's serious commitment on our part, isn't it? It's fucking madness, isn't it? It's yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're, it's it's it's. But you know what? It's funny because when you think about it, when I started the podcast, like I was single, ready to mingle. Like wow. our lives have changed so much over the course of the podcast. It's oh my god! Like it's just <laughs> what have we been doing? I know we've been doing a lot, but like in terms of our comedy careers, what have we been doing? I know professionally speaking I'm just like oh I, I just I, I don't know where it's at but you've done loads recently when you look when you I look don't. back when you look uh, back well, at things you notice like that there's about uh there's like about a, a nine month gap roughly between like oh good news story time <laughs> well yeah too long to wait for good news stories isn't it yeah well look I mean I wouldn't say it's a floodgate scenario down here in West Kerry either when it comes to the professional good news stories to be quite honest oh sure look we'll soldier on at least the podcast has been constant the podcast has been constant and do you know what let's just take a moment now to give a big shout out to six of our latest patrons Um, because Patreon, because to be fair, the Patreon just does, it, it does really give us great comfort, doesn't it, Emma? Well, that's how we, we basically, the patron activity is how we measure whether or not to keep going. <laughs> but, it is, but it is actually how we measure whether or not we should keep going. And we are, look, we'll look at a few more bits, a few more kind of different bits and bobs when it comes to Patreon, because a few people messaged us with ideas and all. You see, I forget, sometimes I try out on the Patreon, we'd love to hear some ideas, and then I forget to actually read them. Do you know it's like when somebody asks you a question and you answer them and they're just staring out the window. So we have had some wonderful ideas and the Patreon is what keeps us going because we're like, look, this is this is our baby. So we've had six new patrons get involved. We've had Lainey H, we've had Emma G, we've had Michelle, one name only, we've had Darren, and we've had Andrea B, and we've had a celebrity get on board. <laughs> Celebrity Ken on board. We absolutely love him. Good old Tony Cantwell. 
What a doubt. So thank you so much. I mean, one of us should probably return the favour here. But uh, <laughs> I was thinking we should probably times are tough. I was thinking we should probably subscribe to a few things as up to ninety. Oh, uh, let's do that actually. Yeah, because then it's you know, it's quid pro quo. Like that's kinda how it works, isn't it? Like I've signed up to you, blind boy. Come on. Like sign up to up to Sign up to 90, please. Um, yeah, good thinking. Let's go on to the subterfuge of up to 90. So thanks so much, guys. If you do fancy four extra episodes a week, $3 a month, I mean, you just can't beat that value. Up to 90, up to 90, up to 90 with Emma and Julie. So, even just as a person, like off stage, he's just a funny, a funny guy, you know. Yeah, he's, just, he's really lovely. Yeah. yeah, and his little boy is so cute. He's such a mini me. I haven't seen any pictures of him. Where can I see these pictures? Um, on his Mrs. Mrs. Instagram account. Tony's a pro. Like I've been milking this pregnancy from day one because I've got nothing else going on in my life. Tony's like, do you know what? I don't fancy commodifying my unborn child. Whereas I'm literally like, okay, new tier on Patreon. It's going to be my ultrasound pictures. Like I've no morals. What's I've the morals of a tomcat when it comes to this. So Tony's doing it the right way. Ah, uh, but you, you see, it's all, it's all, well, it's all um, slightly abstract at the moment. You might feel differently when baby is here. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, I think, I think I will be, um, uh, like, I, but sure, look, I mean, even, at, I mean, I wouldn't be one at the moment anyway for as much as I bang on all the time about how I want more followers on social media. I'm not giving people hot here. I don't give people much as it is. So I can't really see that changing when I have the baby. What do you mean you don't give them a lot? I thought you were well, posting all the time. Well, I, I do want like the pregnancy blog thing and I do like the sketch videos and the tweets. But what I mean is, you know, the Instagram stories, which is really just, you know, it's the Truman show, isn't it? It's just finding out what somebody's had for breakfast and, you know, now I'm putting a wash on and that kind of thing. And they're the stories I watch and that I love. But I, I don't know what it is. I can't. I, I just haven't been great from that side of things. So I would say in terms of the great, oh, I've been well, good. Then content but with the stories I can't really see me becoming a you know a big story head once the baby's here like you, you don't feel comfortable doing them or they're not your go-to I used to say and I think I said to you <laughs> I think I said to you on occasion yeah I just feel like I'm kind of a private person like I don't do you know what it is I'm, I'm just so lazy that's all it is I'm too lazy to be posting stories. I don't think you're lazy. Uh, no, well, when I am, though, when it comes to things like that, because every day I say five stories, Judy, come on, come on, you can do it. But sure, there's nothing getting done anymore because I've signed up to Hey You. Okay, yeah. Hey You? Oh, I mean, no. Real Housewives, we now have access to Real Housewives of Atlanta, New York and Beverly Hills 
they each have 10 seasons. So there's just nothing happening now because I got hooked on Netflix. They showed the first two seasons and I had a conversation with somebody at the weekend and they said the exact same thing. That's how they hook you in. And then you go on a hunt. You're searching. How can I find more? And you realize you have to sign up to Hey You. So there's there's nothing getting done at the moment. <sighs> See, I was actually writing a thing like similar to this today, but I won't go into that because that's boring for people. But and this probably will be as well. But that is one thing that I'm missing during. It's not, it's, well, is it lockdown? I don't know. During this period of time is I'm missing that alone time when I get to watch trash TV. Yeah, it's a very special time. Because now if I'm watching trash, it's kind of like robbed moments here and there on my phone and stuff. Not the same. I want the opportunity to watch it in the sitting room with the big telly do you know what I mean? Like that's ah uh, yeah yeah, and then minus the cynical commentary, that's key as well because you need to be on your own. Like you know, you know that it's trash and whatever, but you just want to switch your brain off. Yeah, well, it's bubble gum, and I just think there's nothing wrong with a bit of bubble gum. Like for some people, they run on a treadmill. Others listen to music. Others just need to watch a bit of Beverly Hills trash. I mean, that's what we need. Like every now and again, Fred will come into me and say things like, "I wish I, I wish I was one of your desperate housewives," and I'm like, "It's real housewives, okay." it's a totally different thing but um but yeah come here tell me how any 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 news from the weekend trampolining like mad i presume trampoline is still going strong uh i went and got my hair colored on saturday morning lovely so it was just the old roots needed a bit of a touch-up I don't think I've gotten a colored since like in the hairdresser since fucking January or something but um I made the very adult decision then not to have a drink on Friday night because I was like it'd be bad enough being in the hairdressers getting your hair done with a with a hangover but I was like with all the masks and everything I was like sweet baby Jesus so I went to the hairdressers and They've got less stations and less stylists in there at one time. And then the hairdressers wear um, like a face shield thing that you oh, would get yeah, to your I got my hair done last week as well. Yeah. And the girl was doing the same. She just had one person in at all times. And we were both wearing masks. Well, she said to me while she was doing my hair, she was like, you you can take your mask off while I'm dyeing your hair because she's like, I have a mask on, so it would be grand. And you see, because she was doing a full head of colour, it it was it would have just gotten like very fucking messy. So I was like, Yeah, grand. Yeah. So uh so that was the crack with that. They had a good they had a good old setup or whatever. And uh and who's your hairdresser hairdresser again? I know you gave me a shout out before. Highlights. Taylor's Lane and the hairdresser that does my hair is Emma. So oh, she's ent- Emma. Ah, yeah, she's entertaining. Like so, um, like well, she's good at doing hair, but she's entertaining as well. So that was the crack. That's 
basically the highlight <laughs> I didn't just I, I, I didn't do much <laughs> else to be honest I got my hair done last week as well and just to give a very quick shout out to Nula Nuno Connor and Hair Therapy in Dingle is so fab and she lent me her GHD as well when I was going down you know I did the Dahi show on, on Friday yeah. so you know yourself you're like I'm getting four days out of this blow dry I don't even care like there's no way I'm like embracing the curl just yet so she also lent me her GHD for the weekend so thank you so much um, so yeah the Dahi, done. the Dahi show what's it called is it called the Dahi show so it's called Shal Ladahi. So right. just a little bit of time with Dahi and it's this Tishi Kaha show and it was so great. Uh like it was brilliant. I was telling you before I came on, really, really good. And they film it down in Waterford Waterford. <laughs> I said that really weird. Waterford. Uh, Waterford in ring and it's this little prefab and you drive past it and Google Maps is like you have arrived and you think no I haven't I haven't arrived and then Fred spots a teacher car sign like kind of a, a car bumper sticker on one of the cars so you think okay this is, must be the place mm. and the team were so lovely uh, great old crack I did I wasn't expecting Dahi's questions to be so probing it was actually a great interview so you're, you and Dahi are dating now, are you? Or we are official. But I did say to him at the end, that is now, you know, that's 50 quid saved for me because otherwise I'd be handing this over to a counsellor. That was just, that was a half an hour well spent. Thank you so much. And then we hung out in a and b nice B&B, but the family... The couple running out were just a little bit strange. You know what it was? I find, you know, with English people... Oh, here we go. <laughs> this is when England switches off but you know they're quite comfortable in silence but we're not comfortable in silence at all so we have to fill that bad boy but I just think with English people they're they're lovely they're so polite they're friendly but there's just a lot of there's a lot of comfortable silence which I can't hack whatsoever I don't Um, think that's that's an Irish English thing I think that's a people Julie thing no stop but do, you, do you not find that sometimes with English people that they're quite comfortable they don't feel the need to fill the silence necessarily but I, I would just find that with I mean I find that I mean I don't and probably don't know enough English people to compare but I would find that with Irish people well I I know two English people now and they're the couple that run the B&B and they were so they were so nice but even even when I left I was like is there a key for the front door and the man was like what front door I just said riddle me this riddle me that what the hell is going on here but it was a lovely B&B despite the despite the riddles and then the next morning we were having the breakfast because you know the way it doesn't matter where you're staying if you pay for the breakfast the breakfast is happening and Fred I woke him up and he was saying I'm still a bit full from the dinner no 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 the clue was in the name Fred bed and breakfast you were getting up so I dragged him out of the bed I said, there's no way we're leaving here until you've gotten a breakfast into you. Because you know when you've paid for it. Oh, you're having absolutely. it. Yeah, you're having it. Sorry. So poor Fred was kind of grey in the face. And I dragged him out for the breakfast. And then they forgot to bring the toast. And you know what I mean? Then I made this huge deal of just to ask them for the toast. 
just ask them for the test. And Fred, his response was he didn't want to be a Karen. But I just don't think it's a Karen move to ask for the toast because they obviously want to give the toast. They've just forgotten the toast. Well, you see, this what happens with me, with Shane. We'll go somewhere and I, I'm not talking about out for dinner. I'm just talking like if we're away somewhere and we bring the kids out for food, right? And this happened one time where we're sitting at a table and the food comes, right? And there's no cutlery. And I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, this is a McDonald's. You, you know, there should be cutlery. McDonald's is the only restaurant that gets away with no cutlery. It wasn't McDonald's, but it wasn't far off, right? It was like pub or something. We're in Waterford, right? Or somewhere. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I get up and go up to the bar and I was like, can we get cutlery? Like, we've just gotten our food and there's no cutlery. And Shane's like mortified that I've gone to get cutlery because he just wanted to wait at eight and hope yeah. that they'd notice us just staring at our food. I was just like, whichever fuck off, but he wants me. He wants me to take charge of that and do that because well, this, he won't yeah. do it. Do you know what I mean? You see, you've hit the nail on the head, Emma, because Fred wanted the toast and Shane wanted the cutlery. Yeah. But you and I have to make it happen. That's the thing. I know. So we have to take one for the team. And you know what gets me every time is that I'm sure this has happened to you because uh, it, I think it happens most couples that then when you're the person, you're like, look, I'll I'll take one for the team here. I'll ask for the cutlery. I'll ask for the toast. They When they bring said items, your man is just like kind of making eye contact. Oh, yeah. Flirting as yeah, just sorry about that now. Mm. Um, and even when we were checking out, the people were apologising about the toast. I said, look, they want you to ask for the toast. But then a similar kind of, and I know, you know, it is something that people do associate with the Irish, but we are passive in that situation. I mean, that is our default position. So even last night now, I was actually so tired driving down um, in the car. Not because I'm a, I'm always well able for driving, but it was just very hot and maybe it's something to do with being so pregnant or whatever. But we said we'd actually stay in Limerick because we got a really good deal. So I was like, sure, look, we'll stay chill out it was in the evening time so I was like well just have a bite to eat go to bed so then we went and we were quite late ordering the food in the bar by the way the place was lovely really really nice and we're in the bar and Fred had ordered an extra portion of chips and then they bring down the two dinners and there were no chips so Fred said oh uh, sorry can I just get um the chips and your man said I'm sorry but the kitchen's closed so your ma- the chef's gone, so I, ca- I can't actually get the, sh- the chips. So both myself and Fred were like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> your man started this thing up. Unless, like, if you wanted me to go out the back and, you know, I could get a bag of chips and I could turn the fryer on and I could, I could fry the chips, like, I could do that. Who the hell is going to say, yeah, would you mind? We were, we were like, look, it's fine, don't worry about it. But then today, Fred was chatting to Carl Spain and he was saying, God, it's so hard in that situation to be assertive and to be like, but I did order the chips. You know, it, it's just, it doesn't come naturally to us. And Carl said that yesterday he was in Bonny Bunyan and he ordered a chicken fillet roll. Right. He went to the car and he was eating his chicken fillet roll and he's saying to himself, something's missing here. And he realized that you wouldn't have him put the chicken in. Yeah. And Fred was like, did you go in and say it to her? And Carl was like, no, of course. I, I just ate my lettuce roll. <laughs> <laughs> 
and he was sitting in the car park. I mean, you can't, you just can't do it. No, you can't. Like, as a people, we're just completely useless at asserting our consumer rights. Oh, Jesus. Just like, like Carol spent three fifty on a roll with flora and lettuce, iceberg lettuce. I mean, lettuce. Oh, Carl, what have you become? Jesus, like he's assertive enough when he's ripping the piss out of you in a green room, but he won't just go and point out to somebody there's no chicken in this fucking roll. Everyone, this is it. We're all assertive in those kind of situations, but like put me in front of a deli counter. He's he's particularly assertive when it comes to that. Do you remember I was... You did it as well. That well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not that assertive in those situations. No. But Do you remember that radio panel thing we were doing? And I was on it one week and she, he was oh, on a team. Stop. Remember that, Emma? Oh, my oh God. My that God. Was... No, but he was on it. We need to do a whole episode on that. Jesus Christ. But he was, um, he was on a team. I don't know who. Oh, I was on a team with Joe Rooney. And I can't remember what we were laughing at, but we were having a great old giggle about <laughs> So that day or something, they had to change the stories or like whatever. It was just, you'd have to do a sketch with your teammate on a news story. And they wanted us to do a story. It's meant to be like a mashup. Do you remember this? And they wanted us to do a story with Arlene Foster and Conor McGregor. And I think the day before we all met to do the show it was when all the stuff about Conor McGregor was coming out. And they came in to tell us, like, we're just going to leave off. We've just checked it. Like, you know, we've made a couple of phone calls to HQ and we're going to we're just going to leave off the Conor McGregor stuff. And we're there like fucking pissing ourselves. Like, yeah, do you fucking think like <laughs> You know what I mean? It was early and fun. You know, I don't know, is this the week to do a sketch about the man and factor in cash for ash, Arlene Foster? Oh, and it was, no. it was this, the sketch the was, the sketch was to do with Arlene Foster and Conor, sorry, <laughs> gets worse. It was Arlene Foster and Conor McGregor on a nudist beach. I mean. Do you know what I mean? Like, read the room. <laughs> thing was just going to be sexual in the windows. So anyway, we're having a little laugh. It's like something they do in 1997. You know, it's such a spitting image kind of sketch. (laughs) I mean, it's 2020. The climate has changed. So me and Joe were having a good old fucking laugh about this, that like they felt like they needed to go and check and then come and tell us that we were going to drop Conor McGregor from the sketch. Like, oh, okay. Um, So anyway... Uh, Carl Spain is on a, on a fucking, he's on a team with Sharon Mannion. And all day, do you remember like we're in this like, I swear to God, it's like a little attic room, isn't it? It's like about the size well, of a box room. Yeah, it did feel like, I mean, it definitely felt like kind of a human trafficking situation because <laughs> the windows, for some, like, I think you and I discussed this. For some unknown reason, the floor was painted, painted black. The ceiling was painted black. The walls were painted black. And they had also blacked out the windows. So whatever was happening in that room, everyone was like, no, we, we need to just keep this to ourselves. So it was just a really, really strange <laughs> space. Because you had. And then, and then when you said, I'll just, sure, look, I'll just grab a coffee at lunch. 
No, you don't go out for lunch. We bring you your lunch. What? Oh, at the start, I think we actually went to the place for lunch. But they felt like that was taking up too much time. So they just ordered it in, which really <laughs> put us... We're going to toilet and stuff. And you see, and one week as well, we, one week we were doing it as well. And the other team at lunchtime went off to have pints. And I think they kind of like took an extra long lunch. <laughs> I don't know if I can name those people. But their grandma came to the show, but they went off for pints and then they brought the pints to the the live recording. And they're like, you might just put the pints on the floor. It just it doesn't look great, like because all these people are just fresh out of work. <laughs> and you're there like like you've already milled into a good few pints. But um, yeah, so they started bringing the food to us. But remember, because there was the team, so that was four. There was the presenter, five. And then there was a couple of like writers floating around as well. So there was like at least, and then there, there was the producer. So there was about like eight or nine people in this little tiny room. It was intense. It was definitely intense. And there was just a um, big fucking deal about like, it was the usual things like, but like there was a big fucking deal about the printer and stuff and, oh, send it to this email address. No, send it to the other one. This isn't fucking working. It was just like tensions that were constantly fucking high in this room. And then Carl is there and he is ripping the piss. <laughs> Like not in a bad way, but he's slagging. He's 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 slagging Sharon incessantly. Like oh, it's but it's all just real, like you know, stupid stuff. Like she 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 just say something, and then Carl say, "Oh, that's not what you said last night." Oh, yeah. And sure, yeah. Danny was loving it, like her husband. Like oh, Danny was loving it as well. Like so, as if he's having a threesome with Sharon. <laughs> But then Sharon at one point she said like Jesus Carol, you just shut the fuck up And did he? Uh, he did for about five minutes like but it was just in that moment we were in the attic we were waiting on the food. There was always a big delay with the food as well and the big delay oh, with the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just tense. And I think there was one bottle of water floating around. Um, but sure, look, we were happy oh, with the yeah, work, weren't we? We're just like, oh my God, my pits after that day. I foolishly wore really heavy black woolen tights <laughs> to that. Can you imagine what was going on with my badge by the end of the day? Um, and I was also with Joe, who we love. And by the way, I did his podcast this week, Pod Rooney. It was mm. great old crack. So do check that out as well. And actually, it was funny because um, look, I was going to say it was funny. And now I'm about to say something I said. But look, just please ignore that as a, as a, <laughs> a freely. Um, see, Joe, you caught yourself funny. there, didn't you? Listen to me. Oh, wait till I tell you something funny that I said. Um, but I, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, Joe was saying something about Father Ted. And I was like, hang on, were you on Father Ted? And we did we did have a good laugh about that. <laughs> I know I built it up too much. But look, it's it was it was after. Are you moment. sure? Are you sure Joe was laughing at this or were you just not hearing the echoes of your own laughing at your own joke? To be honest, I think he did start to buffer. So (laughs) at that time, it probably was just the echo. You're right. May have been. I'm just, I mean, I I couldn't be positive, but he may have heard that one before. (laughs) 
look, it was just, it was so natural in that moment. Uh, yeah, it, it was the time. It was the timing. It was the timing. You have to be there. Um, yeah, so that's that's about it, really. And uh, yeah, stayed in Limerick, met up with a few friends in Dublin. All good. Uh, bit concerned now where, on, on, on the Saturday where we stayed. Lovely spot in Dublin, I won't name it, but they weren't doing any of the menu wiping down, which distressed me. And then the next day I was handed a marmalade, which had already been opened and somebody had already used it. And I just thought, are we wiping down? Like, are places wiping down? Is that, maybe they're not? Well, when I was in the hairdressers, they were wiping down the seats and they had a special area for you to wait and all this stuff. They seemed to be like very efficient and whatever. But uh, that day, I went into the Coscutter. Coscutter, Coscutter, always more to offer. And there is, do you know what winds me up about my local Coscutter? There isn't more to offer. It's just a glorified fucking off license. Mm. And I constantly go in there trying to get the scrapings of a dinner from what they have on offer. At the the risk of burning brands, I've never gone into a cost cutter and been satisfied. Let's just put it that way. Do you know what I mean, right? So I went in there, and but it's always buzzing because it's an off license. And um, nobody was wearing any masks and whatever. But then I went in there two days later and I'd say 60% of people were wearing masks. So I just feel like it's taking some places longer to get on with, uh, you know, best practice quicker than others. But the pubs and shit are really suffering because I think most people are like, oh, could you be arsed getting kicked out after 90 minutes? Like you're only fucking getting started. Unless you're specifically going to have food. But I wonder, are they, when I say, are they really enforcing that? Like, I mean, can you really really ask somebody to leave after 90 minutes? I'm not sure. Well, anyone I've heard gone has. And as you know, Darren Conway, he said, you know, I'd like to, I was going to go for a pint, but I'm just now hungry. I mean, that's, this is my constant problem. I was going to go to the local on Saturday, but I was like, I'm not hungry. Happy well, I mean, it's, it's not. Um, it's not the. I mean, it's not the same experience at all. But at the same time, I think it's probably yeah. It's it's hard for small businesses and pubs in particular that have been pushed back now to the tenth of August. But I suppose it is probably because you do have a certain amount of people who are saying, "Oh, exactly that." I will go to the pub only. I'm not hungry. It is probably stemming the flow of people to the pubs, which is ultimately what their goal is. Yeah, you know. So I guess it is probably having the desired effect. Oh yeah, I I know. Yeah, I agree with you on all that. But it's just like I think it's it's kind of probably people are holding back going probably even more than they thought they would, I think. Well, I think now, to be honest, after Saturday, I was quite disappointed with the lack of wiping and stuff like that. And this is this was a nice place. You know, it was not, you know, it was very much like nice place, close to the centre of Dublin. But I just felt, okay, they were wearing masks, but there wasn't, just wasn't enough actual cleaning going on. Do you know what now? Just thinking you talking about being out and about whatever 
after you have baby, I'd say for a good year, you will just be, well, you will be, but you'll get slightly better over time. You'll be the biggest lightweight ever. You can't handle drink oh. after babies. You'll be the cheapest oh, you stage going. Be such a money saver. What? That's going to be such a money saver. Oh, because yeah. honestly, those, those pints of triple vodka were killing me. I know, I know. Maybe we can finally buy this house. Yeah, a two, year, a year being a lightweight will be grand. Two drinks and you'd be pissed. Like I could um, never drink the way I could never have the capacity for drink the way I would have when I was seventeen. <laughs> baby. Do you know what though? It's terrible because we went to um Bones, which is a lovely pub in Dingle, and actually to be honest, they are killing it with the whole mask thing and the hygiene and the sanitizer and all that. And it's oh, a yeah. lovely tactic, courtesy of Louise. Thank you, Louise. But I have Sorry to say you how many things how many things have you plugged now? In this podcast. Oh, listen, come on. We've got to make... The Dottie Show, Joe Rooney, your hairdressers. How many restaurants have we plugged now at this stage? Listen, I just think it's not... Look, I feel I don't do enough plugs, to be honest. Show me the money. On the top of my request page, I have written plug, because I don't plug places (laughs) that I go to. And you're very good at plugging, you know, your hair person or your nail person. And then I felt bad because where I was getting my nails done, it was nails, Inc. I mean, you could have had anyone. Oh, here we go. Tick again. (laughs) I didn't have that personal connection with the nail person that you had with, what what was her name again? Your nail girl, was it Amber or something? You're not, you're not even listening to a word I say, are you? You're just getting the general gist of what I'm saying. Her name is April. You can't pretend that you have the same natural ability camaraderie with people that I do, Julie. You can't just be, tr- you can't be just wedging all your plugs into one episode. Oh, so transparent. Okay. Well, look, it's just something I'm going to try to do a bit more. But anyway, okay. <laughs> And anonymous, I'm sorry that I don't have your pe- people skills, Emma. <laughs> anonymous pub in Dingle. Um, I was there, the sun was shining, and Fred was drinking a San Miguel, and the girl uh, across the way was drinking a Sauvignon Blanc, and I thought, oh, I really can't wait to go on the lash, which is terrible because so many of my friends have had babies have said to me, I never missed drink when I was pregnant, and I just think Ugh. I must be really, really dependent. But they I'm... missed the Coke, though, didn't they? The Coke? Well, um, come here. Speaking of Coke, yeah. Um, did you see, well, sorry, this is like a forced segue now, but look, yeah. it is what it is. Uh, did you see Princess Beatrice's private ceremony during yes. the week? Got hitched. That was very handy for them that they were able to kind of get away with having a private you, ceremony, wasn't it? Using COVID as an excuse for not having daddy, daddy in the pictures. I mean, she, she obviously had, I mean, look, you would feel bad for the girl in the sense that you know, she obviously had to have this private ceremony. We would all agree it's not about COVID. It's about the fact that her dad now, there is no way he can be wheeled out at a big official royal wedding. Like, it, it no. just isn't happening. So this was an out for everyone involved. And I have to say, I did think the dress was fab and I thought the flowers were gorgeous. And she did look very happy and they wheeled granny out and they wheeled granddad out and all the rest. 
But I mean, that's really probably what it was, was that they just, I mean, Andrew has tarnished the prospect of a royal wedding forever for those two girls. Oh, yeah, they're not getting that. Like, when was it, was was that the date that it was meant to happen? Um, oh, no, I given a date. Day. May was this, but you see, they had to postpone it previously, didn't they as well? So that was the second time it was postponed. I just, I'm sure she's grand, but I just find it very hard to warm to somebody who looks that royal. It's pretty regal. Isn't it? It's quite a regal look. Well, I'll tell it you. Almost, I can't... It, it, her, it almost makes a sound. Like she's so royal looking. Like, and with that face, if they go on to like have a family or whatever, it's so strong. That's going to, that's in the gene pool for like that particular look. That's in the gene pool for at least three decades or three generations. It's uh, it's a lot of dominant genage. Like imagine, serve like imagine you're, you know, working in a restaurant or whatever, and you're going about your business and you're going to the different tables, and you rock up to a table, and she's there with a menu in your hand in her hand. Wouldn't you just go fuck? We're in for a long one. Yeah, like would you be thinking kind of a bit of a Karen? Is that the vibe? Is that the vibe? Would you just think, okay, yeah, no, here we go. I would just be a lot of questions and you're just like, you know, what What are the goujons made of? And you're like, I don't know. I'll check what it says on the packet. Do you not like... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just think it would just... Well, in her defence on that, I will say, I don't think, you know, in her defence, I don't think that situation would arise because safe to say they are not going to be attending a Pizza Express anytime soon. So I don't think the conversation about the Goujons is really going to happen. But I get I get where you're going with well, it. But you're certainly... Not anytime soon, but if they want to do something special, they will well, be heading to Pizza true. Express. Yeah. If they really want to market, um, I I do think, but because apparently uh, Beatrice and Fergie, yeah. they were the ones that really pushed Andrew into that interview. Oh, they're so thick; it's unreal. It, it's yeah. I mean, you would say they like Beatrice lost a few points for me on that one. Um, but in saying that, and this shows how superficial I am, I do think her dress was nice. Dress was nice, but judgment very, very poor. I, why did they tell him to do that interview? Like, do they watch like one of Diana's ones and say, just look up, like look up from the ground and kind of give like a little puppy dog look and you'd be grand. They did try to do I, that yeah. I, th- I think I think they focused too much on his eyes. Mm. They, it was just a lot of puss and it was a lot. It was a lot of puss and boots eyes going on. Whereas they didn't really spend much time looking at the content of the interview itself. No. Uh, it's funny because actually Fred bought me uh, the Prince Andrew, you know, the Epstein and the Palace book. Oh yeah. And he handed it to me yesterday and was like, it's signed by Prince Andrew. And we all had a good laugh. 
Ooh, sounds nice though. I say that, I say that could be, yeah, but you know what? I mean, like myself and yourself, the book is not going to tell me anything I, I don't know. already know. I mean, you and I could write a book <laughs> on episode on the podcast. <laughs> I know, like if so, if we had a week just to focus on that, we'd get it done. Yeah, yeah. We might I start adding that, a few pictures or whatever towards the end, but we'd or like hypothetical scenarios. And cut loose a bit but I mean a good week week and a half we could knock it out of the park I reckon so now what Emma I'm start. I'm actually I'm after opening up a google doc right now and I've shared it with you. let's just get this done let's get it done imagine um, us on Ireland and, AM promoting that oh we That'd just be so great. I well do you know what actually an up to 90 take on the royals now that'd be a bit of fun chapter on princess diana back but previous to the panorama days do you remember when princess diana was um obviously at the height of her eating disorder and throwing herself like she was at the height of bulimia and throwing herself downstairs and people were saying things like yeah but she looks great though like she, she just looks so well. Everyone was just focusing on the aesthetic, saying, "Yeah, you know, she's bit of bit of trouble at home. Uh, all's not well, but she really can pull off a bit a, a a set of pearls." And you see, it's completely true because when Fergie piped up and said, "Oh, I have eating disorders too," everybody was like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they? Though, no, the pain of the ginger. Out. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. They're just like, "Oh, shut up, you fat bitch." Sure, this is, but look, it's the ginger factor. As mm. I, yeah, exactly. You see, this is it. But no, I think I think actually an up to ninety take on the Royals could be a nice little stocking filler. Obviously, you know we're not we're not going to have a right. You know we have some time constraints here. Yeah. Um. So I'm thinking Christmas 2021. But listener, get in touch if you'd buy it. Yeah, that's a gentleman's agreement. Tell us that, and then when we release it, we will hold you to that gentleman's agreement. Well, if we could get like four or five people to say that they'd probably definitely buy it, we could definitely screenshot that and send it to a publishing agent. Could we? Oh, I'm just the opposite. I I think a publisher would be mad to say no to four or five screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love when stuff coming together organically on oh, the podcast. Finally. Emma, maybe we can do this do this thing full time. Looks I mean, look like at us. Look at us slaving away at the day jobs. This is happening, Emma. This is our big break now. And we must include, we'll have to send it from your email because you've got the amazing headshot. <laughs> So we're just going to have to go with that because my headshot, I haven't brushed my hair in it. So I just think let's just put best foot forward. When you were saying big break there, I automatically thought about that Saturday evening, Saturday night entertainment show, big break. Like what the fuck were we thinking? Do you remember big break? Uh, Remind me again, big break. So big Big break was presented. Oh, the snooker one. What? Yeah, the snooker one. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Every girl, every girl went through a snooker phase in a bid to forge some kind of bond with our distant Irish eighties father. Everyone, come on, absolutely. It's like when you meet the little girls, and they, you know, they they tell you, you know, like. 
daddy's really into Formula One. So they're like, I love Formula One. You're like, do you? Do you? Or do you just want to have a conversation with your dad? I'm like always rest- suspicious of people into Formula One, though. <sighs> I just don't get it at all. And it is a big thing. You know, people travel around for the rallies, all that kind of crack. Just don't. I mean, the only interesting bit is when they're getting the petrol. I think that says it all. Well, I think Formula One, it's real like, uh, it's just full of ticks, isn't it? Well, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know where they take, but I just, I just don't get it. I mean, I find it quite disturbing. You know, if you go into a house and Formula One is on the TV, and you, you are kind of thinking. But they're literally going around in a circle. Like you are watching people drive in a circle. It's just, but you know what? Like, how much do those cars cost? And it's just a whole lot of bollocks. Like, is this when you go all Greta on my app? (laughs) (laughs) It's just a waste. I know, look, I know everything is a waste of time. I completely get that. Everything that doesn't involve, like, Ah, feeding yourself and whatever is a waste of time but it really is like a waste like this is a waste this podcast is a complete and utter waste of time like it's a waste of time but it's not as bad a waste of time as formula one yeah no i think i think some things are more of a waste of time than others and i do i know i'm going to get a bit of flack now for saying that you know Little girls, when they tell me they're into Formula One, I presume it's because they want to build some kind of relationship with their father. I mean, I will get people writing and saying, maybe they just like Formula One. Maybe they do, but I hope that's not true. Yeah. I hope I'm right on that one. But why, did, like, you need to spread your wings a bit. Like, if your social circle is full of little girls, I mean, there's so many questions there. And why uh, is this the first question? Uh, why is this the first question you're asking them? Why are you asking? I just, when I meet a little girl, I say, look, do you like Formula One? And then I start to then you, Okay. Why. Then you know where you're at with the girl, what you're and doing. you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't probing until I did that show with Johnny. And then I realized, I was like, I need to dig deeper. I need to scratch beneath the surface. But big break, I wasn't it. Um, my favorite was John Paris. Oh, yeah. Who was your fave? <laughs> John Parrott, was he the guy with the glasses? No, he was like a, he was like a little tubby scouser. Ah, uh, with dark hair. Yeah. Who was the guy with the unibrow? Now he came later. He would have been younger than those guys. Ronnie. Unibrow. Ronnie. Ronnie O'Sullivan. Oh, Ronnie O'Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was my favorite. He was. Um. He and I. I think. Ken, like Ken Doherty, I never really, I never really felt the love with Ken Doherty purely because obviously he was brilliant in what he did, but he just he was John Parrott. I was just obsessed with John and his little accent and his. I mean, Ken was there to play snooker. I liked the guys that were kind of trying to, you know, like Jim Davidson was great for, you know, he was he was a great addition to that show. Well, obviously, sure, he was the main guy in the show. But and John Virgo. Yeah, but but even at the time, I didn't get a lot of Jim's jokes, but I knew they were kind of, you know, risque enough in places. Yeah. But Ken, but Ken was just like, I'm here to play snooker. I, yeah, no, I know what you mean, but I, I'd have a lot of love for Ken, seeing as he's, you know, he's a local boy and all that. 
Is he is he from Rathfarnham? Well, no, he's from he's from uh, Ranala. so it's fairly okay. close by. Yeah. Ah, yeah, and sure, look, he was super talented and all that, and like you don't, you know, ultimately. The only reason I like the other fella is because I I just like doing scouser accents. So yeah, what you know, on, like don't you know, don't come to me um, for opinions. So Ken, no, I'm sure I'm sure he's a sounder. Uh, come here. Did you see before we wrap it up? Did you see Kanye today? I don't know if you saw it. Oh, having a complete melter, the poor fella. Like really distressing to watch. Is he like this? Is the thing I think. It's hard enough if you if you're going off on one, but when you have money, I mean, there's pros and cons to that. Then, isn't there? Yeah, because like sometimes when you don't have money, like don't get me wrong, I'd love to have a bit of money, but your life does seem to get more complicated. Well, yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm having a melter, I'm just sending you a twenty minute WhatsApp audio. Yeah. I'm not calling. I'm not calling a rally in South Carolina. No. To be met with hundreds of smartphones, everyone, everyone recording for the gram. It's there. It's documented for the world to see. As you say, it, it just it does complicate things sometimes having that kind of wealth behind you. Yeah, and so like even like with Carl's. Carl Spain sitting in his car eating a salad baguette. Okay, that is, I know I'm slagging him there, whatever, but obviously that is tragic. But if you're Kanye West and you get a lettuce baguette instead of a chicken fillet, that's not just your problem. That's like, that, like getting that role would have involved like probably six members of staff. Mm. So if there's well, six I mean, people kind of in a bit of a like fuck's sake mood, it's gonna amplify the mood. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think I mean at least as you say with Carl, at least that was kind of a private tragedy. Yeah. It wasn't you know, it didn't involve it didn't involve other people. So it's very sad for Carl, but at least as you say, you know, there wasn't like an entourage involved. There's no other casualties, um, you know? Yeah. There was no other collateral damage there. I do well, not that I particularly give a shit, but like I on a human on a human level, I do feel sorry for him. Now Oh, sure how would you not? I think everyone does now after today. But like I said, like um you know, obviously he's having a bit of a time for it, but like you don't bring up abortion in relation to your own children. Like what the fuck? No, and to be honest, I didn't understand it because we were all watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians at the time. And, like, it seemed to me that Kim was really gunning for a baby. No more than, by the way, that is not a criticism, like, no more than myself the last couple of years. So that I, I just find it very strange. Like, it's, I mean, that's only an aside. Obviously, I, I think everyone was saying the same thing that like it is it's it's so outrageous to actually say that about your daughter who's what like nearly eight or something mm. so who at an, at an age where she can get stuff but it's just I just found it so it, it it was it was really really bizarre and then the thing about like oh you know everyone should get like a million dollars or whatever it's just it's it's sad because I mean a few weeks ago I was saying on the podcast I can see why people would vote for him and then you see him in these type of moments and you think 
my God, it's so sad that it's come to this, that he's having to be so public with his distress. And obviously he's struggling a lot. And, you know, it comes back to, again, as well, what we were saying about Brittany the last week, that it almost feels like you just want someone to protect him from himself, maybe at the moment. Yeah. But I suppose whose job is that, you know what I mean? But sure, then we get into the whole, I was going to say we get into the whole free, free Britney territory, but you know, with the whole conservator thing and all that, I mean, that is supposed to be ultimately protecting people from themselves. Yeah. So then, you see, doesn't that come with its own, you know, I mean, that's problematic as well, I suppose. But just, I mean, seeing the man today now, he just seemed like a person in distress. And you see, then it must it must be very hard, like for Kim and like they have four kids together. It's you know, it's not it's not a situation. I actually didn't see anyone take the piss out of him, which I was delighted to see. Um, I you know, on social media anyway, as of as of maybe an hour before I started the podcast. But I think everyone's kind of saying the same thing that it's just a bit sad rather than, you know, it's not nobody seems to be taking the piss, which is good. Yeah. And now I do I no, I defo like a feel from whatever, but I don't know where I don't know where he goes from here now, you know that kind of way. Yeah, it's well, it's 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 a very it's a tricky one, and especially for the family, it's I am I can only imagine how hard it is to navigate these things. Yeah, Poor. because how do you tell someone to stand down, and you need to not be on your phone, you need to not be calling these rallies, you need to not be talking to people or doing interviews. You know, it's it's just I can imagine when somebody's in that space it's you know they wouldn't necessarily be the most receptive either I know especially like the people that are close closest to them as well you yeah. don't have a very paranoid kind of headspace so he's you know he's probably not going to be sure whether people have his best interests at heart even if they do yeah well I mean I'm not that and I'm not equating it at all but like even when I'm in a very bad headspace I mean nobody can talk any sense to me yeah you know so it's it's hard it's you know it's it's just I mean I, I but I would feel for like you'd feel for Kim and you'd feel for the family and all that but um and like then people did make the point as well today that I guess it's probably it might be kind of a dangerous game to be playing politically speaking as well because then some people were saying oh this is maybe gonna take from Biden and his campaign but I mean I can't I personally can't see this Kanye thing making much of a dent now oh yeah I think but I think always with um political stuff there's always going to be the the side story of the bit of gossip or you know one of those stories to kind of complement it all yeah like kind of a tangential kind of thing that's going on yeah which is easy for like say the masses to catch a hold of yeah yeah you know whether it be like somebody's runnings mad daughter or you know crazy son-in-law or 
the X or you know what I mean something kind of along those lines like I was only thinking there the other day do you remember uh, John Major oh do I watch and do you remember his son <clears throat> was going out with the model was her name Emma Noble or something she was like uh, a glamour model was, I was going to say she was a glamour model I'll look her up now here yeah Emma Noble, yeah. But, you, well, obviously... They got, they got married, though, didn't they? They got married, yeah. Emma Noble, yeah. But there was a period of time when they they couldn't really get anything that interesting, or obviously that changed, but they couldn't get anything that interesting or saucy on John himself. So then when they saw the son going out with this one, they are just like, oh, thanks be to Jesus. But sure then, and of course, the irony being, like, sure, John was having the long-term affair with Edwina Curry. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. Like, we can't, this guy, so we can't maybe he, threw his, on him. maybe he threw his son to the walls as his fucking scapegoat going, you go off I and distract what, them for a while. I just remember, do you remember Edwina on the, Edwina on the late, late? And it was funny because it was still at a time when Ireland and England were just very, very different when it came to discussing <laughs> extramarital oh, affair yeah, yeah 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 like if you were a woman and you had an extra like if you had an affair with a married man you were a homewrecker no questions asked that was that was it really wasn't it oh but sure I mean do you remember I think I'm still getting over the Terry Keane interview <laughs> on the late late <laughs> I think there would still be a bit of that attitude going around wouldn't it like if you were a woman who got with a man who had previously been married there's a bit of that mm, well really. it's not it's not gonna elicit much sympathy still from an audience you know like if yeah. you, you know and we've all been I mean I'm like hands in the air like back in the day you know I like would have been with a guy who had a girlfriend and stuff at the time it was a long-running thing or you know back in the day but it's just something that even now if I was to discuss it I, I just I wouldn't be expecting much sympathy Will we talk about will we and name and will we name and shame these people on Patreon? <laughs> oh, do you know what? We should no, like the dingle can get in touch because everyone's like, oh yeah, like come on, like please. Uh, but no, the, I mean that time with Terry Keen, it what it, it, it was it was a bit mad. But I think when Edwina was on as well, like she was so. I, it's because she was so open and kind of casual the way she discussed it, even though it was not obviously a casual relationship, yeah. like there was a serious feeling there. I just remember being completely floored. But she wasn't She wasn't begging the audience for forgiveness and oh, understanding. No. She didn't give a fuck. None of that. No, she, just, that she, just tell, she just told her story. And people were yeah, like, she was oh like, my this God. is what happened. Make of it what you will. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, not, oh yeah but sure, look that was a defining moment for me in fourth class and <laughs> um, so, yeah. there you go and uh, do you know do you remember just actually as the last point in Edwina it always it always stuck with me do you remember she lost her job because of a salmonella scandal in the eggs oh is that what it was yeah yeah, whereas, you know, in Ireland, the politicians get away with such murder. But, like, if you find a bit of salmonella in your eggs in England, like, that Minister for Agriculture is gone. That's it, done. Book stops with them. Jesus. Well, Edwina. So, sure, look, 
Uh, we'll chat on Wednesday. Oh, before we go, we did say we're having a Zoom party. Yeah. What's the date? It's awesome. 31st of July, which is a Friday. And I know we have, we both said that we have, you know, referenced these, you know, mysterious Zoom parties before. Uh, it is definitely happening and we're going to discuss on Patreon. We want people to give ideas of what format you want this Zoom party to take. So we've a couple of ideas. We'll throw it up as a post on the Patreon and you can let us know. Yeah. We do it about, I don't know, half eight or something like that. That'd be okay. Half eight would be a lovely time. Yeah let's, yeah, let's do that. So half eight, July 31st. If you want to have the crack with myself and Emma, please come. I always feel, you know, it's that thing of when you're throwing a party. I really hope people will come, but they, but they will, of course. Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. I'm sure if nobody else comes, it's just going to be a regular up to 90. Yeah. And, um, yes, you can send things in advance if you like or whatever because I know some people wouldn't be they'd love to just leave their fucking mic on mute and just watch so you know if that's the kind yeah, of person is that if that's your vibe I totally get it so totally get that voyeuristic vibe absolutely uh so that yeah that's a really good idea as well Emma and it's been an absolute pleasure as always um I'll chat to you soon I suppose of course, I'll talk to you in two days. Two days. Okay, better go and do some stuff. So, have something to tell you. I'm very excited. Are you, are you going to do the God bless? Or oh yeah, um, <laughs> this is the long goodbye over here. I'm like, come on with the God bless. <laughs> God bless. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. 